Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I'm going to go Bills with the upset here. I'm picking the Bucks to win this game, 31 to 28. Ball is going to be wet because your center is going to have swamp ass. Yes. And it's going to be like throwing a watermelon on some plays. Man. Damn, 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 damn. Like, they're all so, like, you don't understand the context of them, and you're trying to piece together exactly what's happening in the sound bites that we start the show with, and sometimes I'm, I'm unable to do that. Well, well, I mean, first off, some of those were the picks of my game, so you knew what they were. I didn't like those, okay? Right. All right? That, that was not good. And then I was talking about Swamp Ass, probably because I was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo having to play down in Tampa in the hot sun and all that, which it didn't look like he had an issue. No. But either way, football's back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, buddy. Did you have a good Sunday? I did. I was. I mean, doing nothing, just sitting on the couch while I just, I just worked my ass off. Yeah. You're you, good? You were working. No, I was working, too. Yeah. By watching the games, preparing for this podcast. Right. I was, I was working. Right. Um, and my wife got the kids out of the house for a little while so I could really zone in on what was happening. Okay. Uh, like you guys do. I don't have the multiple TVs that you guys have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to you gotta get, yeah, you don't need multiple. Even when I'm at home, I mean, I can't see every game. No. So you just have one TV? You just one went TV. one? You red zoned it? Red zoned it. Red zoned it. Okay, Almost that's a good safe day, way to go. Until the Sunday night game, and then uh, and then I watched as much of you guys as I could. Yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. What What were you doing? Um, as much well, as you Lions could. Guy. Yeah. I'm a Lions mm-hmm, guy. I'm a Lions guy. And that, that game was typical. Lions, because they get you. Damn, they I know. always get you to a point where, and I'm going to get fired up. Yeah, I don't like to do that. Yeah, no, I love I'm it. I'm going to get it. fired up do a little it. bit. They get you to a point where you kind of believe. You have hope. Like you, you you have hope, right? right? Yeah. You sound like a Jets fan. New head coach comes yes. in, you're like, I got a little bit of hope, and right. then that goes away, and then you have your first game of the season the next year, and you're yes. up, and you go, I got a little bit of hope, and yes. then that eventually goes away as well. Although I am happy to see that Matt Stafford is. Uh, I feel like he's skinnier. Did you notice that? At I all? I, uh, I don't know he because you know you ditch me some weeks, but I said he looks really. good. Good when his preseason game three, he looked very much in shape and yeah. toned a little bit better, more athletic, like right? He looked good. He's sexy yeah. for you in his uniform. I, I mean, he always has been. Yeah. I don't mind a little okay. chunkier, Matt Stafford. But <laughs> more cushion for the pushing. Yeah. You like that? You're good with that. <laughs> That's the tie. Also, okay. Yep. I mean, what what the fuck are you wearing today, man? What You're just mean? Johnny Company guy today? <laughs> How dare you dress like it that on my first, podcast? It's the How first dare time you? I've worn the NBC logo. Because I went with the, like, I got the blue Are you pants. trying to be Mike Tirico or what? Like, no, get out no of here. even Mike makes fun of me for that. Because <laughs> I have a backpack that has NBC. I have a water bottle that has NBC. And he doesn't even like He that. doesn't even do I'm that. I'm trying to support the company. I don't yeah. know why that's such a bad thing okay. inside the company. All right. Well, I had to make fun of you for something. <laughs> I mean, it's just status quo yeah. for the uh, podcast. All right. We got a good one. We do. We're going to try to hit every game, at least give it a little bit. Going to go two deep dives. I had out on Twitter, uh, at CSIMSQB, 
we put it out to, you know, fan vote. What games did they want me to dive into on Monday that I could give a little bit more in-depth analysis to? Um, shocker, okay? This is this just in. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland yeah. Browns was uh, picked. And was did that end up number one or number two? And then that was one. Everybody wants to know what went on there. And I feel like I got a pretty good feel with that. We'll give you a deep dive in a minute. And then number two was my homie, my homie, my homie. Yep. Whenever he plays, I watch Patrick Mahomes oh, versus Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought you meant Gardner Minshew. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was your, <laughs> your new homie. You're a funny guy. Yeah. So we got that. We're going to do a deep dive into both of those games. Okay. Then we are going to do – I checked the rule book at some point where I'm just going to – I got to rant about a few things. You looked through the rule book I and did. you found some things. I found some things. Might not have been aware of. Apparently. Right? They were not aware of some of the rules of football. Okay. And then the other one we're going to do is – Damn, okay. Oh. Which is just surprise players. Like, those are things that get said in the locker room when guys impress you or, or do something that you don't expect them to do. And it even happened yesterday with Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew, I mm-hmm. messed his name up. I'm choking to death on it. But Rodney, a few times, is like, damn, okay. okay. Yeah. So that is, uh, we kind of just came up with that on the fly. But we're going to hit that just as far as guys that surprised us. Uh, and then we're going to go give me the headline kind of yeah. rundown through, through all the games to make sure we hit on everything. And then, you have a pop quiz for me at the end? I do have a pop quiz at the end. How dare you do some, that to uh, me? Some, uh, yeah, I'm not going to even give you a heads up on that. Yeah, so good. Pop quiz at the end. But okay. I do. So every every Monday comes around, and everyone's kind of formulated opinions of what they think of, uh, of some of these teams, right. some of these games already. Mm-hmm. You've gone back and looked at film on yeah. a couple of them. Yep. So I like to get kind of a second look. And how often do you change your opinion when, you, when you've seen oh, film as yeah. opposed to watching Well, this is something you'll find out. Like on Mondays here, you know, I'll say things and go, ooh, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you the real answer on Wednesday when I really get to look at things. Sure. But on t- you know, TV scouting or TV look, I try to be as transparent transparent as I can be. So, uh, you're, like yes. the coach, you're like the coach that says, you know, i got to go back and look at film. Self-scout thyself is um, what they call it. So give me the headline on a couple of these. Because okay, cool. I know what I think, but I, w- I want to hear what your headline is. Yeah. Our first Sunday night game was Patriots versus Steelers. Yes. Thought it was going to be competitive. I think most people did. Yeah. I, I believe maybe you picked the Steelers to right. win this one. Uh, they did not right. win. It was Patriots 33-3. to it, it was... As surprising, which we shouldn't be surprised anymore yeah, by the Patriots, right. but it, but it was still was surprising. As, as surprising of, of, a, of a start for both those teams as I think you could get. Yeah, uh, like the headline is just, I don't even know what to say there. It's just like, wow, New England is in midseason form week one. Okay, I mean, just that's a, a long headline. I know, that is a one. Not catchy. Just an absolute, what do I want? A well-oiled machine yeah. is what I really want to say, okay? Maybe that's better because – First off, we saw it in the preseason. Didn't matter who was playing quarterback. Hoyer, uh, Jared Stidham, Brady, when he did play his little bit. I mean, they were they were moving the ball up and down the field. But yesterday again just shows you once again the barrage of plays and personnel sets and variations of tempo that the New England Patriots offense can do. It's just so special. Let alone Brady being special with it and still being able to throw the ball as good as just about anybody in football except for maybe a hand one or two guys but Brady is amazing and then here's the last thing I just we got to like I mean of course this is a phenomenal effort but this is the big thing and this is where the Patriots are scary the secondary is so damn good um, that they're going to be able to match up with anybody in football and when they have that then they have this versatility to mess around with the other six or seven guys up front and versatility within those players too to change up game plans as far as what they want to do just with their front seven let alone the creative stuff they're doing on the back end and you know hey I still I'm not giving up on the Steelers I still think they're going to be a good football team 
But I, I am little concerned about what is going to go on. They need another guy other than Juju Smith-Schuster. I just don't know who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even even superstar receivers. They need a, a, a Robin. Every Batman needs a Robin, right? And if you really go through football and look at it, like Julio Jones, he's had people there to help him out. He's got Calvin Ridley now. He was Muhammad Sanu before. You know, hey, Antonio Brown had Juju Smith-Schuster there next sure. to him. You know, even Odell Beckham Jr., he was there in New York. Sterling Shepard was there. There's other guys there because if defenses overplay their hand to stop that guy, you got to have one of the guys that make, puts a little fear into them, and I do worry about that with James the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Washington had a couple catches for 51 yes, yards. Yes, right. Vance McDonald didn't get involved until no. real late in the game, two catches for 40 yards for him. But I, and he right. was the guy I was expecting. He was. But you're right. That's that's going to be the big question going forward. And, and uh, you know, Vance McDonald, I know he's be- dealing with some injuries throughout the preseason. Maybe he wasn't 100%. But I just was so impressed. And then there we are again. Why is it that the, the – I, I want to swear because I'm, it gets it. so annoyed. The motherfucking New England Patriots are the only ones running trick plays in football. I mean, the team that wins it every year, somehow they think they needed a tactical advantage in a game where they blew the damn team out. Mm-hmm. And they do a – Let's throw it to Julian Edelman, and he'll throw it back across the field. And nobody else does that in football. I just that, that to me again, they're always looking for any advantage possible, and they're also thinking about, ooh, the next team that has to play us is going to have to worry about that kind of crap too, to where they're going to have to waste time preparing for that. They're just they're they're unbelievable. Oh yeah, and they got Antonio Brown, and it's going to work, and everybody's just got to fucking deal with it. And the Patriots, I wish I could change my my pick already. I want to. Put the Patriots in the Super Bowl versus the Eagles. You do. I, I want to change it already. You had, the, you had the Chiefs. I had the Jaguars upsetting them, right? Oh, that's right. And then Nick Foles gets hurt, so I'm like, really, he's all screwed up yeah. right now. Uh, but yes, that that's my my headline or my talk with the Steelers. One Patriots. thing I do know is that you yeah. had you had Tom Brady too low now on your top four <laughs> after one game. Now, I yeah, realize, yeah. I realize I'm that. I'm sure I opened that up. And again, I'm yeah. not. I'm not buying. I, I'm not buying the conspiracy theories on Antonio Brown that he had this whole thing orchestrated from the start. I know a lot of. There's a lot not of from talk. The start that. maybe you the think, last five days yeah maybe, yes. yeah maybe oh, oh, right. when it's when it became known to him that it was not going to work out in oakland right then maybe try to get the wheels turning there yeah but. no there was definitely some inside job there but I mean, who cares it was an inside job for him to get from pittsburgh to oakland that's what i want to tell everybody out there i mean he that's was true. trying to get out there he had a plan to get out of pittsburgh and i'm sure he knew at that time when he was trying to get out and kept piling on the organization of ben roethlisberger that there was a team out there that was going to give him big money and he knew john gruden loved him so that was the inside deal was the inside you know deal was going on then and i I think, yes, when things really fell apart last week in Oakland, he realized he didn't want to be there anymore. I don't know whether it's the Instagram part or the fact that when they when he found out they were going to take his guaranteed money away. But then he called Drew. Drew, he goes, start shopping me. And Drew starts finding deals. That's the way the yeah. NFL works. I don't want to hear this like, oh, New England tampered with the rules and shit and all that. It just, yeah. no, everybody does that. I'll give I you mean, that. Yeah. Within the last week, the, the wheels yeah. were in motion. Right. But I don't think much, much before that. Right. So the Patriots... Looking like a Super Bowl contending team once again. A lot of that same buzz around the Dallas Cowboys as well right now as they won against the Giants 35-17. My headline for that one, Dak Attack. Oh, I like that. That's a nice one. But no, but I mean, that's where it goes to. It goes to, let's let's leave it at that. I like the Dak Attack, okay? Or Dak Attack slash Ziku. Who needs him when you could throw the ball like that? True. Um, But uh, that was an incredible performance. 
One, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest question, and you've heard me say this, that I had about this football team was Kellen Moore, and then if the run game does not work, is there enough in that pass game schematically, talent-wise, at the receiver position to really make it happen? And I think they answered our questions. I saw some shifts and formations and, and motions and things like that that I have never seen from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you've been wanting to do that for, for forever. And Kellen Moore, like, way to go, dude. I mean, seriously, that was that's a way to start your NFL career career as an offensive play caller. I mean, you saw it. They were aggressive. They took shots down the field. They found the right matchups. But when you talk about Gallup, Amari Cooper, and then um, our guy Randall Cobb, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good damn three wide receivers to go sure. along with that old line and and still two good tight ends and Blake Jarwin and, and Jason Witten along with the running back situation. So, I mean, that was just unbelievable. The Cowboys – it just feels like they have an aura around them this year. When you see that kind of it play, like they play and game and just confidence, they seem like they have the right leadership. Uh, that was really impressive on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Kellen Moore, that, that is the story. The former Boise State quarterback just turned 30 right. in July. Insane. So they, uh, He'll be a head coach next year if this continues. He, yeah. I mean, probably. He, uh, yeah. yeah. They ran play action more. Yes. They, they ran almost 50% of the, the dropbacks for Dak were play action, second most in the NFL. This is numbers you're coming up with here? Yeah, I, I, I looked up some numbers. Good right? thing. You look at you. I like it. Thank I mean, you. 15 no, minutes of research. That's what, well, you know, again, I'm not a numbers guy. I yeah. mean, you're going to hear me say just by my look or by my eye, and I need somebody to back me up with the numbers every now and then because that's what it did look like. Play action out of the shotgun underneath the center. We saw a lot of different variations of it with different formations and personnel. They don't need a a really overly complicated formula. They got talent. If they just give themselves a little bit of a schematical advantage, their offense could be as explosive as any in the league. Yeah, and uh, Dak's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Yeah, oh, I mean, Jerry better start going now. Yeah, within days. Yeah, because because if – he tears it up against this week, again this week, against the Washington Redskins, who have a suspect secondary too. Yeah. Mm, man, watch out. The price tag is going it up. It will just continue to go up. And, exactly right. You know, offensively, the Giants didn't look terrible, right? Saquon went off for 59, his first carry. Best he, running back. He's the best running back in football. He might be the yeah. best weapon in football on the offensive side of the ball. They'll maybe. have to be if they're going to stay yes. the game. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a shame that he only got, what was it, 14 touches in the game. They, yeah. they need to give him the ball more than that. I know that. Eli over 300 yards passing. Were you impressed with him? Well, Eli looked good, okay? It wasn't great. Um, you know, again, some of those are some garbage numbers when the game has already lost its competitive nature of sure. the game, okay? But I'm not ready to, like, give up on Eli yet and go, oh, gosh, we got to get Eli and the Daniel Jones era started. No, it's not time for that. And there certainly wasn't – he wasn't the reason they lost yesterday. Now, again, there was a few times where it reared his ugly head once again of like, Eli, just stand there and wait. The guy's going to be open. I mean, specifically, did you see the play with like Saquon Barkley down the left sideline he hit him in the back? I mean, he's about to run by a guy for a 70-yard touchdown. Eli's got nobody around him. Yeah. And then throws it and hits him in the back. Like, just wait there. Let him clear the guy. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna score. And it's just little things like that. When you're not a real good team and you don't capitalize on those type of things, that's when you end up getting blown out instead of a close football game. So maybe Cowboys, some Super Bowl buzz. Yep. Rams were in the Super Bowl last year, lost 13-3 to the Patriots. The Rams did get a win on yes. the road. Right. So that was impressive against the Carolina Panthers. Yep. You know, a team that you're, you're very high on. I am. 30-27. Did get a little closer at the end. They really fed Christian McCaffrey, and he, wow. Talk about uh, yeah. best all-around player. Phenomenal. You, you go Saquon, maybe I'll go Christian McCaffrey. But yeah. uh, the Rams did get the win. What's your headline on that? Yeah, I, I mean, my headline here would be more of um, 
Carolina blows a chance to get off their get get the season off on the right foot. So you think it's more about Carolina? I do, and I don't Rams. want to take anything from the Rams sure. because I, I know people think I'm a little bit of a Rams hater. Okay, yeah. uh, and, and and I'll do my best to be fair to the Rams. I promise you, I have no like you know vested horse in this race. But when the came, the game came out, okay, the Carolina Panthers, uh, they're going right down the field. DJ Moore fumbles the ball when they're in field goal position, mm-hmm. and lo- everything's looking great. You know, then a few series later, Cam Newton's going to throw a little wide flare route to DJ Moore once again. Ball got tipped to the line of scrimmage, but they called it a backwards pass, and there was never an angle to say, ooh, that definitely wasn't. It looked like the ball went forward a little bit before it hit the guy's hand, yeah. but there was no clear angle. So the Rams recovered it on the four or five yard line. They scored a touchdown there. So the Carolina Panthers really put themselves in a bad spot, let alone Cam through a bad interception as well. And that's what you get sometimes when you don't play preseason football. And Jared Goff wasn't great either that way. But the Rams with Gurley, and the, th- this was the big difference in the game to me, Ahmed, is the Carolina Panthers got to find a way to play man-to-man on third and four or less. There was t- the, the Rams won first and second down. So they had a lot of third and threes, right. third and fours. And if you're going to play zone against good offensive coordinators, they're going to find a way to exploit the zone somewhere and get an easy – oh, it's third and four? I got a perfect play to get five yards against the zone defense. Yeah. Oh, it's third and three? I got a perfect play to get five yards against third and three. And that's kind of what they did to them all day. So even though, like, Jared Goff's uh, stats don't look great, it was a lot of, like, nice third down into a tight zone hole completion where I give them credit. And they were nine for 17 on third down because they set themselves up for success on first and second down. A lot of people wondered the usage for Todd Gurley after what happened at the end of last year into the Super Bowl. They were eight yards in the first half for Todd Gurley. You're wondering, yeah. uh-oh, this does not look good. But I feel like this is probably going to be the game plan for them. I think so. Unleash him in the second half. He had 64 of his 97 yards in the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, He's special so still. Then. Yeah. He I, looked good to you. He looked he looked healthy. 100%. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with the guy at all. I mean, listen, there's obviously something wrong with him to a degree because they wouldn't be managing the situation they are. You know, guys don't ride the bike on the sideline when they're feeling 100% good, all right? Those are just little clues to look at. But I like what they're doing. Yeah, like you're saying, let Malcolm Brown share, share the load. Yeah. Okay, now it's late in the third quarter and we need to win the game. Todd, you feeling good? Let's go. Let's start getting some carries and, you know, banging away. And, and, and yeah, that was uh, that was one of the surprises of the day, too, also. I'm glad you brought this up because I did think the Rams might get overpowered up front hmm. with their offensive line. And they did a really good job zone blocking and the backs found the, the backside cut from the zone blocking a lot of times that backside window or gap to cut back and ran through some big holes on that backside there. Cam said we weren't connected to the same Wi-Fi. So they got to get on the same Wi-Fi. Yeah. they got to all get on the – Well, you know, he played, what is it, players. two series in the preseason? Again, yeah. we're seeing, again, After it doesn't matter who you are. Year. Right. It doesn't he, matter who you are. You worried about him at all? He, he was not sharp. No, he was not. But I've seen him do this before and then write the ship. You know, so I'm not worried. I'm not going to be worried about it yet. He's the kind of guy that, watch, next week he'll come out and be throwing lasers and piss missiles all over the field. And if he does that, maybe we'll go, you know, damn. Damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. You, you've been known to say that. Oh, many, many what? Times, yes. Right? That, I mean, this is where it came from because our producer, Matt Casey, was basically, he's heard me say it sometimes. He's like, maybe we call it damn okay. And I was like, that's what it is. Did you know that it is that inspired the latest hit across the country? What's that? Did you know that? Here, here it is. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambolizing 
Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. Okay. Dan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's catchy. Yeah, hey. I like that. I'm moving up the charts, baby. <laughs> Damn okay. Damn okay. All right. We're gonna. I'm gonna be saying that all day. I hope all it's in week. your head. Good. Use it so much that it will no, no longer be funny in probably two weeks from now. But uh, okay. Damn okay. Yeah. So these are players that you you looked at and you knew they're good, right? Yeah, you, right. You got respect right. for them, but right. then you. Yeah, they showed you a little something extra. It's a little something extra, okay. How about in that, that tie that I was talking about that got me all hot and bothered at the top of the show with uh, the Cardinals and uh, the Lions? Kyler Murray, first game as a pro. Yeah, I mean, first off, the first three quarters, I went, damn, this offense is shitty. That's what I really did. Yeah. I just went, oh, oh, we've never seen this offense before in the history of the NFL. I don't know what we're going to do. And, um, and all the jokes were about to happen. Oh, we're keeping it vanilla. We're keeping it vanilla yes. in preseason. Then you're like, well, how come you kept it vanilla in week yes. one? And I don't still they don't think, even though when they went on their little ex, uh, point explosion in the fourth quarter, that they did anything that the, the Lions have never seen before. But what really happened is Kyler Murray is – all right, first off, he's a Heisman winner. He's the first pick of the draft. Everybody's watching him, all right? We all expect him to deliver. They're laying an egg, and he just stays calm and cool and then starts to make some of the damnedest throws and plays that I've seen on Sunday. I mean, starting off when they were down, I believe it was 24-9 at the point, and they're kind of backed up on their own 25, 30-yard line, throws a bomb down the right sideline. There was a phenomenal throw to Larry Fitzgerald to get things going. And that's really when I started to go say, damn, okay, Kyler, they're not going to go down easy. And it was from that point on to where they caught – fire on the offensive side of the ball. Now, hey, I know the Detroit Lions did some things to screw this game up. I'm not trying to deny that. I mean, you know, hey, having a punt blocked when you're trying to kick the ball deep inside the Arizona territory, you know, up by eight. You know, if they have to go the whole field there, I'm not so sure they win the game. But the timeout with Daryl Bevel, too. The horrible. The, uh, yeah, it was horrible. They would have so picked up the first down. They, they, they let them off the hook, but it doesn't matter. And that's what we see in football. Uh, we saw this a few times in games yesterday where one team is outplayed, but if you let them hang around and don't really put them away and finish the job, players are going to make plays in the NFL. And Kyler Murray, it's just it's effortless with the way the ball comes out of his hand. He never seems panicked. And whether it was that throw that I just talked about, you know, the touchdown down the seam to David Johnson, yeah. the game-tying touchdown to roll out and throw it to was that Larry Fitzgerald that yep. caught that, yep. the two-point conversion, which was – Tightly covered, and he didn't even flinch out to the left to uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, he didn't flinch. He just said, oh, oh, I have to throw it on, like, the outside edge of his body and hit, hit the bullseye? No problem. Zoom, did that. And then makes the amazing throw in overtime with Larry Fitzgerald again down the left sideline. So uh, there was a number of times yesterday where I said, damn, okay. And it's so funny. If that fourth quarter doesn't happen, it's maybe the opposite. You're oh, like, okay, I'm going. First, first week jitters. Right. He threw exactly the ball 54 right. times I know. this game. I know. 54 times, 308 yards. Didn't really run that much. No. Three times for 13 yards, but Kyler Murray. His, his gift okay. is this, too. He's going to wear defenses out, and that's when he wore them out a little bit because you're worried about you can't attack. It's always, oh, we got to keep him in the pocket. Oh, oh, huh, huh. And you're going to get worn out from living that type of life, of chasing him, trying to contain him all the time. Other another guy, we got to go like, damn, okay. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson deserves a little love, okay, because he is – I knew he was going to be good. 
But, I mean, he's going down into, like, the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, I'm going to be in the best tight end conversation, like, right away. What I saw in preseason game number three and what I saw yesterday is a really, really special football player. Six catches, 131 yards, one touchdown for the number 11 overall pick, I believe. I, yeah, I think, he was, uh, I think he was higher than that. First round pick, whatever their first round. I think round. it was eight. Was it eight? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah top ten pick for TJ I mean, Hawkinson. Is the lines your fucking team? I know. I just forgot. I forgot. Damn. Okay. My, my memory's bad. <laughs> I, we just try to block it out. Yeah. I, immediately. I'll, I'll forget this first game immediately. Uh, how about – let me throw one out here and see if he earned a damn okay. Yeah. Uh, Delvin Cook from the Vikings, who they, they fed him, battled injuries last year. Did, did he earn a damn okay? Yes, he did. He did. Okay. Definitely. How could he not? I mean – I think from the first time I saw him touch the ball yesterday in the Falcons game, I went, damn, okay, Dalvin Cook's back. Damn, okay, Vikings got a running game. I mean, that's what it looked like. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting addition to this defense. And why I pick him for this or, or you pick him, Dalvin Cook, either way is because, okay, year one, he looked good. He tore his ACL last year. You know, it's still recovering from the ACL injury. Not easy when you're a tailback and your job is to run full speed and plant your knee and leg into the ground and cut back, cut back and make moves and do things like that. So I did wonder if he would ever regain that total form that we saw at Florida State or before he hurt his knee his rookie year. But uh, with Gary Kubiak, okay, an improved offensive line there, I mean, they're going to be able to play, you know, smash mouth, let's run the football. Yeah. And then – play maybe a more uh, efficient way to throw the ball behind it with Kirk Cousins, and now you don't need a, a, a bunch of weapons in the pass game if you're going to run the ball like that. Then you only do need Thielen and Diggs and a tight end, and you can just play that way. But, I mean, he's a game changer. I mean, we saw it in preseason game number three when he broke a, what was it, an 85-yard touchdown run? Yeah. And we saw it last, yesterday, you know, where I, you know, it just he's a home run hitter. Yeah. Oh, we get a turnover. We can give it to Dalvin Cook, and he'll put us right inside the five here in a few plays. And his longest it wasn't like his longest run was twenty-two yards. No, he just kept ripping off five, ten, and 15. his average was yeah five point yeah. three. And so twenty-one carries, one hundred eleven yards for Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins threw the ball ten times. It's, it's, Eight for ten. Right. Didn't have to. He didn't have to exactly. I mean, Atlanta shit the bed. There's no other way to say it. I that mean, was disappointing. For disappointing. Atlanta. Matt Ryan played pitiful. You know, they have a block punt early. That gets them gives the gives the Vikings the ball in, in great field position, I believe, on the 21 yard line. Yeah. Then Matt Ryan comes back and throws a stupid interception down the middle to Julio Jones, who was double covered. That gave him the ball at the 41 yard line, 14 nothing. Okay. Then the Vikings actually had a real drive where they went on 10 plays, 79 yards. So there it is. Your franchise quarterback really put you in the hole, 14 nothing early. Yeah. But then to make it even worse, it's only 21 nothing, and they go down the field in the third quarter, and you go. Okay, Atlanta's about to get to this two-score game. It's about to be 21-7. And he gets pressure on a boo leg and throws it back into the corner of the end zone and gets intercepted to a guy that was at no point open. And that really ended the game right there because then uh, Dalvin Cook and company ripped off a few other plays and went down and made it 28-0, and that was night-night Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, 28-12, it almost seems like, oh, okay, maybe they were, it was 28-0. Worried about Atlanta. Game I'm worried about Atlanta, Ahmed. I really am. line problems And they there. lost their starting guard today, the first-round pick from Boston College. Lindstrom is going to have to get surgery. I think on something as foot as leg either way. I was worried about their offensive line before, before yesterday. Then. Now it's like, uh, yeah, danger, danger. So Vikings, Delvin Cook, still damn okay. I, yeah. I got a damn okay. Yeah. 
Andy Dalton in Seattle in the rain, 418 yards and two touchdowns. What? I hear you. Damn, okay. He deserves damn okay. Okay, Andy. Without A.J. Green. Without A.J. Green, which would have been really scary. Uh, the, the Bengals, first off, he deserves a damn okay. Zach Taylor deserves a damn. Okay, Zach, I see you because I questioned your damn offense and whether you should be hired. And what, what Zach Taylor did, for, and, and I had said this on the pod on Friday, and I know you didn't do it with me on Friday, but I said the one thing that I give the Bengals a fighting chance with the Seahawks is Zach Taylor came from the Rams. He's played them for two, two times a year for the last few years. So he's got an understanding of what kind of plays give that Seattle defense some issues. And he dialed up a number of Seattle beaters. So damn okay to all of them. But really, my main damn okay would have been to, oh, their first round bust from a few years ago, John Ross. I mean, John Ross comes back to the city where he went to college, University of Washington, and goes off. I mean, I really, I was just like, damn, this guy's just not going to make it. He's going to be a bust. It's a damn shame. He's fast as hell. We're never going to see anything from him. And he was flying all over the field. Bombs down the middle for a deep post. A kind of a jump ball bomb down the left sideline where he was open. And Andy kind of underthrew it, but he still caught it. Scored another touchdown. I mean, he truly showed his worth that he looks like he could be a Tyreek Hill-ish type of weapon that way. Where you can do a lot of different stuff. Speed sweep, here you go. Zoom. Okay, post. Zoom. You know, slant route. Ooh, watch out. Zoom. You like yeah. my sound effects? They're good sound effects. I did. Those, okay. those are good. It brought <laughs> okay. me into the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you and listening to him talk is really interesting too yeah. afterwards because he did talk about it. he lost confidence he had to get that back of course somehow. he did and it, it seems like it's very easy when you're a first round pick to feel like it's all going to fall into place for you you know it's going to be not come easy but it should happen eventually if you put in the time and the work and it just wasn't happening for wasn't him. happening so he had to no. reassert himself in seven catches 158 yards two touchdowns for John Ross the third Bengal still lost by one to Seattle 21 20 but that was still uh, it's a it was a really good okay. game. It was a good that it, was a good game. It was. And I mean Seattle I'm not shocked that they didn't blow out Cincinnati. I mean Seattle is the king of like the ugly win. That's mm -hmm. what they do. They've been doing it ever the whole Russell Wilson era. He was looking for DK Metcalf. I mean Russell Wilson. Yeah, so well, I mean he's another thing. We might be saying damn okay about him real soon too cuz there was a few moments where he went up and got the ball yesterday where I was like damn okay DK. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I got to read uh, the damn PFT PM podcast, okay, Whoa. with my man Mike Florio. Okay. Uh, he, Mike Florio does it on afternoons. I think this week he's doing it Tuesday afternoon. He's doing it from his home in West Virginia. He's too big time to work here in Stanford, Connecticut. But the PFT PM podcast, Mike Florio, uh, Mike is going to dive into every little subject in all of football. It's always worth a listen. And he's going to give you some great insight to what's going on behind the scenes with agents, business, whatever it may be. Some of the things that maybe main sports people aren't going to talk about on TV and things like that. That's the beauty of Mike. Um, and then I'm on there sometimes. We do our PFT you know, show uh, four days a week. Uh, and then Mike on Tuesday, okay, he does his awards and his power ranks. So that's something to look forward to. Mike, he's got a little snarky comments next to all his power ranks. I always enjoy those. Um, but either way, Mike Florio's PFT PM podcast, always worth a listen, man. Mike is uh, one of the smartest football people I've been around. Well connected, smart. Yeah, I mean, takes. there's just, he's connected is right, and he always has a good idea of 
NFL player, agent, and how to kind of connect it all. And yeah. that's that's where Florio is awesome. Yeah, okay. All right. And you spend a lot of time with him. I mean, I'm sick of the guy, honestly. Right. Sick of him. <laughs> so we should stop talking yeah. about him. The hell with him. Deep dive into some film here. Okay. So we let you guys at home. A vote on the Twitter poll on which games you wanted Chris to take a, a second, third, fourth look at from the All-22 camera. Yes. I don't know how you get access to that. You must know the right people. To, yes, I do. To look at I the know film, the right so. people, right. Um, but you looked at the first game we're going to go deep dive into is Titans and Browns. <laughs> Later on, we'll take a look at the Chiefs and Jaguars and my homies, uh, how, how he looked. But uh, the Browns offense, that is really the one unit yes. that I think has the most hype, the most expectation, but also a lot of the most question marks sure. because we just haven't seen them all together as a unit. You looked at the tape, you you dove into it, you noticed a couple things here because I got a copy of your sheets. Yeah, I get yeah, And yep. your handwriting actually is very good. Well, thank you. I can read most of it. Thank you. I'm a true cursive script writer, it's, it, as you see. Which they're not even teaching in schools anymore. Did you know that? Cursive? Is that right? No, no. Gosh, it's, it's so much easier. People like are missing out. Calligraphy now. It's going to be gone in, in 20, 30 years. Um, one, the first note here, and, and I know you, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I want to know what you think is interesting. But I thought Go it was ahead. interesting. So you, you liked their offense more when it was not in the shotgun formation. You saw the thought in the shotgun formation, which they were in a lot. Right. They were just a little pass happy. I agreed. And you liked what you saw from them, but more under center. Yeah, I, I, I fell in love with what Freddie Kitchens did last year with Baker Mayfield because they got in a lot of like power running formations and put Baker Mayfield under the center a lot. And they, they played through the run. And then off that, they did the play-action pass. And you've heard me say probably before, play-action pass is the, the best way to get 15 and 20-yard chunks in the pass game. There's nothing going be. You watched New England last night? You see yeah. what they did? Yeah. I mean, play action pass. Julian Edelman over the middle, 20 yards. Yep. Play action pass. Gordon over the middle, 20 yards. I mean, that's 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 a great when you have a run game and a running back that causes or takes the attention away of those second level linebackers, it's a great way to sneak people behind and do that. So they missed that. Yes, I thought they were way too pass happy through the game. They played into the hands of Dean Pease and uh, Mike Vrabel and what they wanted them to do, okay? And for, for, a lot of, for a lot of ways here. First thing is, I think the Browns O-line is a better run-blocking O-line than pass-blocking O-line. So that's my one little issue right from sure. the start, okay? You got a great running back. We know that in Nick Chubb, so that's good. But really, what, what, what happened too, and, and Kevin Bayard made this comment after the game, and so this is why I was interested to really – he goes, we, want, we knew Baker was a gunslinger, so we wanted to throw a, diff, a lot of different looks at him. And let me tell you, they did. They did every coverage underneath the sun, Ahmed. They really did. They did it all. I mean, and within doing that, yes, I don't think Baker or Freddie Kitchens ever got into a flow of, oh, gosh, they're playing this, so let's start to call these bunch of plays. There was never a rhyme or a reason. I'm sure the Titans had a rhyme or a reason yeah. for why they were calling it, but the Cleveland Browns could not figure it out on that side of the ball. And because of that, Baker Mayfield played sloppy in a lot of different ways. He really did. He wasn't even good in the pocket at times. I think even some of the completions he had were not good reads, but he's got talent, and he's got talent to some guys that catching the ball that he got away with it. But I do think he was confused uh, by the Dean Pease, Mike Vrabel attack, which Dean Pease is one of the greatest defensive minds we've seen in football over the last 15 and 20 years. And you, you do like, though, so some of it's Baker, some of it's he wasn't in rhythm. Yes. The Titans did a lot of that to get him out of they rhythm. They did, definitely. And the secondary looks like a unit. Like, it does. It can, be a, it can be a solid unit for this Titans. It's, it's New Englandy. 
I mean, we just talked about New England, right? They got to, yeah. the, you know, when you start to break uh, the, the the Titans down and you go, okay, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler from New England, by the yeah. way. Okay. I mean, they're guys that can you can trust in man-to-man. They got a Dory Jackson, who's a first-round pick at a USC at the other corner. So they got three corners that can match up with just about any group of receivers in football. And then they have two good safeties, especially in, especially in Bayard. You're getting heckled again. I'm getting heckled by a Patriots fan. What else is new? And – so that – and then it gives them the versatility up front to do a lot of different creative things. And that's where Baker, I really felt like, uh, was out of sync. I mean, Ahmed, there was times where he dropped back to pass and it's a three-man rush and he's throwing the ball like he's hot. Like, oh, I got to get out of my hand. No, just sit there. There's three men. There's nobody near you. What are you doing? Or, you know, he's looking one way because he thinks this is a co- – oh, I got the coverage here. It's cover four. It's a two-safety look. Let me look to the left side because I know this is the side I'm supposed to play. Oh, wait, it's not, it's not a two-safety look. The safety's moved at the snap, and then he's confused and had to flip to the other side. So there was just a lot of instances like that he was, that I think got him. He was hit a couple times. He had Definitely. x-rays after the game on his yes. wrist. Those are, are negative. Greg um, Robinson got kicked out of the game, which was for, huge. Or the kick. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so the three interceptions the fourth quarter for Baker Mayfield, that's what everyone's talking about you looked at him again what would you notice on the on the three of them? They, they they were all bad okay and this is another thing that like uh Vrabel and Dean Pease did which is something I learned in New England I, and you might have saw me write this down I wrote on the very bottom where I wrote blitz zone change looks right they made it look like they made it look like they were sending a lot of people right they'd have like six seven eight guys at the line of scrimmage and then the majority of them would bail out and a lot of the times it was only three and four man rushes. Sure. But Baker was looking because he was like, am I protected? So therefore, right off the bat there, you're taking your eyes off down the field for a second, right? Because you're making sure, wait, am I, am I protected here? Am I going to get blindsided? So you're looking there, and now you're trying to look up and diagnose the defense? Never good when you're doing that. You'll never see Tom Brady do that, except for maybe once every two or three games where he gets fooled, right? So uh, that was an issue. But the interceptions, I mean, he audibled on the first one that he threw to Odell Beckham Jr. on the right side where he really he just threw a really bad ball after maybe he hurt his arm and he missed a target with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, a solid five yards behind him. You know, I think honestly on the first one, he tried to uh, look off the safety to such a degree that he came back and he just was going to throw it into a hole no matter what, and Odell had already gone through the hole. It was too late. So he threw it behind him, interception. The second one, I think he's totally fooled. Logan Ryan gets it. He throws an option route into cover three. You know, listen, I know I don't know Freddie Kitchen's offense totally here, but option routes are very rarely thrown into cover three, and I'll explain this to the people out there. Yeah. Logan Ryan's there, and a cover three, his, his job there was to be in the curl flat area, to go outside. And the option route was there to be broken outside. So he, was, he, had, he didn't have to worry about anything. If the receiver went inside, there was other people there to take it. So Logan Ryan had nothing to worry about other than, I got to get outside here. And Baker Mayfield kind of just locked onto it and threw it. Logan Ryan gets the pick. And then on the last one, he throws a ball to Jarvis Landry over the middle, who's running like an under route, five yards straight across. And they're playing their Tampa, well, you saw me write it down, T2 Tampa, right, yeah. uh, with a spy. They're dropping people. They're playing Tampa 2, and they're dropping an extra guy to kind of spy Baker Mayfield and just cloud the underneath throws. Well, he's got a real quick window, and he throws it to Jarvis Landry like before he comes out of his break. But Jarvis Landry's not expecting the ball then. And 
that all, not only with that, the ball was behind Jarvis Landry, too, to where he sticks up a hand, the ball gets popped in the air, Malcolm Balcourt catches it, runs back for a touchdown, game over. So it was really just a sloppy day by Baker Mayfield. It almost sounds like you're, it almost sounds like you're saying poor decisions and poor throws. Yes. It was, like a combination. It was a little combination of both. It wasn't like a great decision, but a, but a poor throw. Yeah, it was, it was a little, was bit, a little of bit of both. Yes, I mean, he could have got away with some of those. He has gotten away with some of those sometimes where he makes a bad decision and you just go, well, damn, he just fucking threw a rifle and yeah. he didn't matter. He got it in there. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it was a little bit of both, certainly. And um, I, mean, I just I want to see the Browns get back underneath the center and run the football. Dean, Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel aren't going to call these defenses if you're in power run sets. That's, that's really what I want to tell you because think about it this way, right? You know, if you're a defensive coordinator, you want to call this cool blitz or this cool defense and, oh, I'm going to blitz like four people off the right. weak side. Well, what if he calls like a strong side toss in a power formation? That gives defensive coordinators a heart attack. They go, well, I got five guys on the weak side. Now they, they're outnumbered me by three people on the front side. And he just tosses it to Nick Chubb. And he's got four lead blockers. And all of a sudden, it's a 70-yard touchdown. That always calms down aggressive defensive coordinators when you right. get in those heavy run sets. And I think, really, they played into their hands being a little too pass-happy, too shotgun-happy. Freddie Kitchens, uh, very good. Final uh, eight games last year, offensive coordinator. Got that team rolling. That's why yep. he got the head coaching job. Has never been a head coach before. They had 18 penalties, 182 yards. He's got some things to clean up. It's going to be a tough job yeah. for him with a lot of high expectations in Cleveland for the first time in a long time. You were also high on the Browns' defense. Yep. Um, and there were some questions on the Titans' offense going into the year Yeah. with Marcus Mariota. Was this going to be his team? Is he going to get that extension? This could be his final year in Tennessee. A lot of a lot of good things. You also noted a, a newcomer in uh, AJ Brown, the Ole Miss wide receiver. They got him in the second round, and so Titans O is a headline with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that was a positive first game. A really positive first game. I mean, guys like AJ Brown, yes, who you go, wow, okay, because he was hurt in the early part of the preseason. We didn't get to see a lot of him. He comes out in week one. I mean, and I wrote down in my notes. I mean. He's just a he's a bigger, faster Jarvis Landry. That's what he is to me. Wow. That's what he looks like. That's a just, pretty big compliment. Yeah, I mean he's physical and he gets the ball in his hand. He's hard as hell to tackle. He can run through arm tackles and he can break your ankles. That's where. And then I'll even say this: as compared to Jarvis Landry, he, he probably has a little bit more straightaway speed than Jarvis Landry. So when you go to the Titans' offense, first of all, not only do they have three tight ends that are legit, and Delaney Walker, um, jo- Jonu Smith, and then 85 is like McCoy Pruitt or something like that who's who they use as like a h back but then when you go humphrey as a slot receiver yeah. Corey davis is the other one and aj brown you start to go damn this is they got a little talent here they didn't even use humphrey that no much no the they did not game. they did not they went a lot of heavy tight end sets right and really put the browns in some mismatch issues there but running the ball was phenomenal um and they just mario didn't let the game get away from him Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator there, they didn't like ask Mario to do anything outside of his comfort realm. Uh, they just trusted their overall game plan. It was a true like marrying of game plans. Okay, we're going to confuse Baker and, and not let up big plays, and we're going to run the ball on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. take a shot or two off a play-action pass, and have a screen or two, and get creative, and... That's where that's where things kind of change too. Because what'd, yeah, what do you think of that screen? Because obviously, such a huge play to to Derrick Henry, seventy-five yards or something like that. And it, he almost dropped it right away too. Right. He threw it to him. He bobbled it for a second, which has been a question with 
uh, Derrick Henry, but he caught it. And he's got like the weirdest running style I think of anyone. I know. It almost looks like he's running in slow motion, but no one can catch him. Because the strides are so damn long. I mean, uh, he's a giant. If you saw him in person, you'd be like, oh my gosh, how do people ever tackle this guy? I mean, it's one of those kind of things when you see him. But screenplay was phenomenal. The game's 15-13, okay? You know, let's not forget that. It's 15-13 with, I want to say, what, three minutes left in the third quarter? And you're going, ooh, momentum is on the side of the Browns. People don't really know how huge momentum is. Momentum <laughs> is huge. <laughs> momentum is real, as yeah. my man Ray Lewis Thank says, you, Ray. okay? Momentum is real, all right? And it got squashed from that point on. That was the changing point of the game because here we go. Ooh, the Browns, they put, nice, put together a nice drive. It's 15, 13. The stadium's going crazy. They do a play action to Derrick Henry with Marcus Mariota. He drops back, looks down the field, and then dumps it to his left, and it's the parting of the Red Sea. You would have got 30 yards at least, yeah. okay? 30, that's it. You wouldn't have got 75-yard touchdown. Then I would have run out of bounds. You would have run out of bounds. You're like, don't hit me, I'm don't good. hit me. Blow the whistle, blow <laughs> yeah, the whistle. But um, that was the true changing point of the football game. And, hey, they not only a good play, they caught the Browns in the right defense, and Greedy Williams didn't stay home. Greedy Williams is playing a cover three defense and followed a deep crosser a little too far across the field, which allowed then the Titans O lineman to kind of out leverage him on the outside and just basically have a wall of people in front of Derrick Henry as he ran up the sideline just straight for a touchdown and then followed that by Baker Mayfield interception and the game just fell apart from that. So it's 15-13 late in the third right. quarter. Browns get the ball back. He throws an interception, gives him the ball in the short field. And all of a sudden, it's 29-13 and, and no time. And it's like, oh, crap. We were probably too low on the on the Titans. The Titans, see, uh, they, they were yeah. – they played I that winning win in your in game yes. in the final game last year right. versus Indy. Right. They lost it, so they were almost a playoff team last year. Now they win by 30 against – We're in the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, so we were probably maybe a little low, uh, low I, on them. I know. That's a tough division. I know. I picked them to go last. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I did qualify it with many times with like saying, listen, this is a great division. If the Titans yeah. went to the playoffs, I wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, I can't it's believe they game. did this. It's one but, game, too, and you're like, it was close late. But too, still, so. no, no, they were more impressive than I than I thought. They, I think maybe we were too low, to your point, to what uh, you're Before saying. we turn the page on this, on yeah. this uh, deep dive, yeah. offensive line for the Browns. You said better at – run blocking than pass blocking, but what overall grade would you give him game number one? Oh, game number one? Oh, well, they, I mean, somewhere in the C to C minus range. You know, Baker Mayfield was under duress at times. And really, the, the biggest issues came from really Chris Hubbard more than anything. You know, he's got talent, but at times he gets into like, instead of being a tackle where they like, you know, do kick steps, right? Or they call it bucket steps where they kind of go like this and do this. He got at the times where it was like, are you playing one-on-one basketball? He was literally like, I'm dancing yeah. around for all those listening out there. Like, right. I mean, that's just not what all, when you do that, you're screwed. Like guys like Cameron Wake or Harold Landry, they're going to abuse you and they get you in positions like you're worried about a crossover in basketball. That's right. not good for an offensive tackle. They don't tackle. have a basketball. You don't need to worry about no, that. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. All right. So Run the ball, Cleveland. Nick Chubb is too talented. And it'll calm down defenses, especially if you want to make the games, you know, a little more simple for your second-year quarterback who still hasn't seen everything underneath the sun. I wrote the very bottom. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I did. I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. Oh, you, you made a no, mental note. I, I thought I did. But you know what I, I did think of uh, with the Titans D versus the Browns O? What's that? I wrote at the very bottom. I wrote Texans last year. Mm. I would bet you Texans last year have a New England staff. 
that they went back and said, oh, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions on the Texas game last year. What I wonder what they did. Mm-hmm. And, again, I didn't go back and watch that game, but I remember it a little bit to go, and, oh, they, they flooded a lot of passing zones. They erred on let's drop people in the coverage and just let's see if Baker tries to throw these, you know, rockets into zone coverage and he did and because of they got they got some picks and I think that was a little bit of the game plan yesterday a couple weeks ago Baker said people want to see us lose just because the hype is so real so a lot of people are happy after that yeah we'll I'm see. sure they are all I know I know how Browns fans are feeling right now they're just like yeah here we go again why yeah. did we get our hopes up why'd we do that no I'm not don't give up on them yet there's a lot of things to be positive a lot about. of good talent yeah uh, I, let's do the deep dive on Chiefs and Jaguars in a second but I want to do a couple more headlines yeah here. cool because the headline in Philadelphia was almost going to be pretty nasty. Yeah. Like those fans were booing, and the first quarter, it was 17 nothing Washington. And then they got rolling, and then they came back, and Carson Wentz looked like uh, the potential MVP candidate that he, that he could be. That a lot of people yeah, Wentz-Sylvania. I mean, my, my, my headline is like, thank God we signed that guy, okay? And that guy is Deshaun Jackson, all right? That's, oh, yeah. that's I mean, he was – this is the turning point of the game again. All right, there's two things that were turning points in this game. But first off, Deshaun Jackson, the stress he puts on defenses. This is something they've missed dearly the last, last year, especially uh, in the Philadelphia offense. Philadelphia has a million ways to throw the ball to Ertz, five yep. yards over the ball, ten yards over the ball, Aguilar. Oh, okay, some back shoulders to Alshon Jeffrey on the outside. They have a million ways to do all that kind of stuff. Backs out of the backfield. They can th- hit them any way they Scrolls want. Rolls out of the backfield. But yeah. one thing they have not had, and especially Especially last year was somebody to scare the defense, especially like the secondary. And Deshaun Jackson's going to open up so much of everything else they want to do on the offensive side of the ball, let alone Carson Wentz is a phenomenal deep ball thrower. So, yeah, they got in the hole early with some bad defense, uh, bad tackling on Spider 2 Buckeye with Vernon Davis, who gets to run up the sideline. Okay. Then they let, you know, McLaurin, Terry, is it Terry McLaurin, the fast kid from Ohio State? He runs a post down the middle. Yeah. No safety there. I don't know exactly what happened. Probably quarters coverage. I will let you know Wednesday when I do my deep what dive was in the film. Spider 2 Buckeye. You threw that Spider up. 2 Buckeye. Well, you know, you've heard of like John Gruden, like Spider 2 wide banana. banana. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's a very similar play. Somebody is still running the banana, but then there's two crossers on the inside, too, okay. with the full back in the flat, just like Spider 2. But And that's what Vernon Davis was the fullback in the flat, okay. if you go back and watch the play. Yeah, so they'd be called that Spider 2 Buckeye in our old Gruden offense. And I would right. think Jay Gruden still calls it Spider 2 Buckeye, huh. but that's what he got it from. Interesting. And, uh, I don't get the Buckeye reference. Yeah, I don't, because it was something back in the day the Buckeyes used to do it, and that's where John liked it, and he goes, I'm going to call this. That's really where he named a lot of his, ty- his plays, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I like that. Uh, yep, so, yeah, but, but that point – Deshaun Jackson deep, right, on the first deep touchdown to give them seven uh, before the first half was over to make it 17-7. But then momentum is real, okay, reared itself again, okay? People don't really know how huge momentum (laughs) is. Momentum is huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And nobody knows that more than Doug Peterson because there they go. They get the ball in the third quarter, okay, and here they go. They're like – Backed up. I mean, they're on like the I don't know what it was. The 30-yard line. I'm going to say somewhere along those those lines. Yeah. And oh, fourth down and one on our own 30. No big deal. Stay out there, Carson. We're going to go for it. They ran a quarterback sneak up the middle, got the first down, yep. went on to throw another bomb to Deshaun Jackson to make it. Or no, that was a, I'm the wrong drive. Went on to score on the touchdown drive, nonetheless to Alshon Jeffrey. But I thought that was a huge changing point of the game. And the Deshaun Jackson addition is going to 
really be big for this football couple team. A couple of things. You're yeah. right. For Deshaun Jackson, eight catches, 154 yards, those two touchdowns. He now has 31 career touchdowns of 50 yards or more, second most in NFL history to Jerry Rice. And so he does, he does as good He's as special. anyone ever has in the NFL yeah. at taking the top off the defense. And exactly right with Doug Peterson. Like you mentioned last week when someone asked, is he in the offensive mastermind category of a Sean Payton or a Josh McDaniels? You said, no, not totally. But it's with the other stuff that goes along with it, the game theory, the going for two, the going for fourth down in your own territory. They really, I don't know if that's with him in an analytics department, but it seems like they really embrace that side of it and gotten an edge. That's where he's a great head coach, where I'll say he's a better head coach than some of those people. I might have said, you know, the offenses were better than him. But, Yeah. yeah. I mean, he instills confidence in his team. They have a little bit of a renegade way about them. Like, oh, our coach is fearless, and we're fearless too, and screw you, and we're going to beat your ass. And I, I, I love watching the Eagles play football because of that. They've won five straight now versus their rivals in D.C., Washington. So the Eagles get the win there. It looked like in New York the Jets were going to get to go to 1-0 on the year. They were up 16-0 on the Bills. The Bills had a couple turnovers. Josh Allen early on. I was like, ah, it's not going to be their day. Going to start the season 0-1. Nope. Flip the script in the second half and the Jets lose to the Bills 17-16. Haven't you heard nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills? (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's... uh, What's your headline on that one? That was it. Oh, that's that's all all I got. Nobody's... That's all (laughs) I got. Sorry. Reuse it. That's fine. Uh, They do that too. uh, I mean, my other thing would be like, what a wow moment for Josh Allen. I mean, talk about answering some criticism. The first half was, I was like, damn, he needs to rein it in big time. He could have thrown five interceptions in the first half. Threw another bad one that luckily there was a penalty on that it it got wiped off. Um, But he was just way too gunslinger backyard football in the first half of the football game. But they have a great defense. The defense never let the game get away from the, the rest of the football team. And then what happened? Third quarter, offense kind of found a rhythm. And Josh Allen found a rhythm. And he's talented. And this is what happens, again, like Kyler Murray, when you let talented guys hang around when they should have already been put away. Sure. They're going to get hot at some point in the game. And you just hope that you're up by enough to where it doesn't matter if they get hot. Oh, we're up 28-0. He can get hot. Great. There's only seven minutes left in the game. He's not going to score 28 points in seven minutes. But – they were only up, what was it, 16 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's just not enough. That's not putting the team away in the NFL, not in this current state right now. Especially after getting all those turnovers. Yes. Right? You've gotten all these turnovers. you got two interceptions from Josh Allen. you got some fumbles. And so it's, it's not, not only did you know – Four was, turnovers to one and you win the game? Yeah. That's a heartbreaker, you right? You never see that. You never see that. I mean, you never do. And McDermott has Gase's number a little bit. Uh, this, is, this is why I picked the Bills to win the game. Because even going back to last year, where I know they split the season series, the Dolphins and the Bills, because Gates was with the Dolphins, yeah. their offense was in Strugglesville last year against McDermott. He obviously has a beat on it. And, the, and the, the Jets' offense struggled yesterday. They couldn't put the game away when they should have. And uh, one last thing I'll say about the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they managed the game the right way in the first half either. I mean, they just they got rid of LaShawn McCoy, and they just said, like, fuck it, we're never going to run the ball again? Yeah. I mean – Look at what they did running the ball. I mean, Josh Allen led the team with 10 rushes, or Frank Gore had 11. For 20 yards. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So they in the first half, it was shotgun spread out all the time. And one of the interceptions wasn't his fault. Cole Beasley could have caught the one over the middle that ended up being a pick six. But still, it was hard. It was over the middle. I do think they put a little too much on his plate uh, in general. But that was a big win for Buffalo to play that way and then bounce back and win those kind of games. That, that can give you a lot of confidence for a young team going forward. 16-point comeback, their largest comeback since 2011 Is for that Buffalo. right? Yeah. yeah. The first time they've done that in a while. And uh, real quick, Le'Veon Bell, what would you think? Uh, First game, they use him quite a bit. 17 yeah. carries, 60 yards, a couple catches, a touchdown as well. Yeah, I mean, that front seven's real in, in, with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they were a top three defense in football this year, so let's not forget that. I didn't expect them to run, like, rough rough sh- shot shod. all over shod all over the Bills' defense. His beauty, though, yesterday was in the pass game. I mean, the touchdown catch he had in the left flat, most running backs don't catch that type of ball. The way he just goes down and plucks it off the ground basically to catch it. The two-point conversion to catch the jump ball after Sam Darnold scrambles around. I mean, again, there's really not a running back in football, I think, that pulls those plays off other than, than Le'Veon Bell. 49ers, Buccaneers, Whoa, former guys. Baby. The Bruce Arians era has begun, and it has begun with a loss, 31-17, and a loss in which the 49ers – from covering them last year, the big story was they had two interceptions all year. Yeah. Two inter- all, all season long, they had three in this game, two of them run back for touchdowns. Two pick sixes against Jameis Winston and the Bucks. 49ers win 31-17. The headline of that game is... Whoa, which quarterback can screw this up more? Okay. I <laughs> mean, like either one. Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo no. Garoppolo or Winston. I mean, Garoppolo was off target. I mean, again, I'll go back. You heard me say, I think, last week. I hope it was with you. I mean, his fo- feet are everywhere. You know, just again, I'll yeah. just say it real quick. If we were all standing in the middle of a clock, he will have somebody open, let's say, at 11 o'clock, and he will step to 9 o'clock or step to 8.30. And I want to go, well, yeah, that's why the ball isn't where you want to be because your legs are, like, over there throwing it to the hot dog guy in the stands, and yet you want to hit the receiver down the field. I don't get that. It's just not going to work out. And then, yeah, they throw a dicey ball like that out in the flat. Vernon Hargreaves gets the pick six. But it didn't matter. Because it was the same old damn Jameis Winston. I don't know what he's thinking. I just don't. There's just no governor with him at all. You know, it's just too reckless. You know, and, and especially the one at the end of the game, he's going to throw a screen pass. And the, the running back's all bottled up with people around him. And he just, oh, the hell with it. I'll just try to loft it up there and, and hopefully he catches it. Throw the ball at the guy's feet and just move on. Like, come on. It's just... Yeah. Did not look good. I just I feel bad for him because his good is really good, but his bad is really horrible, and uh, he's going to have his ass on the bench if he continues to and do And from this hearing shit. you talk about you know, Bruce Arians' style, a lot of times having the quarterback hang in the pocket, we've seen it with Andrew Luck, we saw it with Ben Roethlisberger, now we may see it with Jameis Winston. It is extend the play, extend the play, try to make something happen at the end of it. Yes. I don't feel like that's going to help Jameis you know, get rid of these, no. these moments that we've seen no, so you're much right. in his career. Not enough easy completions in that offense if I was going to com- like complain about Bruce Arians. Yeah. You know, hey, I don't care who you are. I mean, you, you saw Tom Brady last night. They found ways to get, like, let, let's get him off in a good rhythm early. And you looked at it and you were like, damn, people are just fucking open. Like, yeah. And he's throwing the ball four yards and they're getting 10. And he's throwing the ball six yards and they're getting 20. You know, it's just that's, that's what a good OC does. And, yes, for me, it's too much of always, like, we're looking for the big shot down the field, big shot down the field. And if you're always preaching that and practicing that, then, yeah, you do get used to that as a quarterback. And you start to just always think, oh, let me get ready. Let me get cocked and ready to throw that ball down the field. And you do stupid shit. But that 49ers defense, it's good. You it think, is. You think your buddy Kyle's uh, happier than, than Matt at this point? 
after week one? Yeah, I think he's happy. They found a way to win a football game where they did not play their best football, and their quarterback made a few plays to help it along, even though it wasn't perfect. But I still got faith in the 49ers for this reason. They have a good defense. Yeah, It's going to be better than last year. They have an offensive line and a run game, and that's going to afford them the luxury to kind of wait for Jimmy Garoppolo to come along to where, yeah, he might not play good football these next three or four weeks, but they might get away with it because they have other things, along with Shanahan's great game planning, that can just help massage Jimmy Garoppolo as we go along here. 49ers hope they have their franchise quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Still some questions there. The Colts no longer have their franchise quarterback in Andrew Luck. He is retired. Phillip Rivers from the Chargers still there, and it was the Chargers 30-24. to In a game that Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he was he kept them in it. And he the, did. The Colts were in this game up until till the end. Uh, a lot of offense. Your headline of Chargers-Colts. Damn field goal kickers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, Adam Vinatieri left seven points he on the board. Did. Yeah, this is very strange. I'm, very strange. You know, to miss an extra point, to miss a 29-yard field goal, and I don't know what the other one was. I'm going to say it was like in the 40s something. It wasn't like it was a bomb like from 58 yards or anything like that. Okay, um, but. You know, I, I think overall in that game, it was about what I expected. I expected this to be an up and down and, you know, exciting football yeah. game so in general. Overtime. Yeah, went to overtime. Joe Kobe Brissett answered the question for me of whether he can be clutch and bring them back late in the football game. He did that. T.Y. Hilton was phenomenal. And the damn wall. They built a wall, okay? The Indianapolis Colts built a wall. It's called their offensive line. Oh, yeah. And they can – they can smash mouth people in the run game. Well, Marlon Mack, 25 carries, 174 yards. You never heard that before, huh? You didn't like, you like that wall I, one? No, I haven't yeah. heard that one. That was yeah. the first time. Have you used that you before? Know, yeah, I have. Do you know who's going to pay for that wall? <laughs> who's going to? Chargers? Gonna Jim Irsay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Got him. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but it's true. I mean, yeah. They ran the ball well. Jacoby Brissett's going to need that. What do you think of... Uh, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They both had 58 and 57 yards, respectively. Right. Eckler had the touchdown. Look at Eckler's receiving. Nine on nine or six catches for 96 yards and yeah. two touchdowns. If you're Melvin Gordon sitting at home, you're like, oh, that's not great. No, I wish Melvin would just come back. I really do. He doesn't have any leverage to stand on. They're not going to trade him unless they get some offer that just absolutely blows them out of the water. Uh, I do think he would help that football team. Um, but, yeah, you could see why they're not panicked, right? I mean, you saw enough to go, yeah, those guys are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Eckler's dangerous. I mean, what he can do in the pass game and then some of the runs he had late in the game and in an overtime to win the football game, uh, that's why they feel good about that situation. Yeah, it might not be Melvin Gordon, but they're not going at such a drop-off that our team's going right. to fall off earth here. And if you feel that, then you say, well, let's trade him and get something. If we feel okay yeah, right. with what we have at running back, it's not Melvin Gordon, but we feel okay with I it. Know. I know. They're, they're drawing a very uh, concrete line in the sand. I think the worst thing they can do is just sit on him and have him sit out the whole year and not get anything uh um, for him. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Or, or I'm always rooting for the player. I just want him to come back and collect the checks he's supposed to get. Yeah. I mean, come on. 
There's only, you know, they're, 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 right now they want a first round and something else to get him, and that's just not going to happen. Did you say a concrete line in the sand? Yeah, I was that? waiting to see if you caught that. <laughs> I was just wanting to see. <laughs> Between yes. the wall and the concrete line, it's just I like got you flustered. You like didn't know what mind. to I'm say like, when I said the wall thing. You were totally like, oh, no, I have my NBC shirt on. Threw, Are they going to get mad at me here? You for a rough shot in there yeah, moments ago. I'm right. Like, I don't get any keeping of that you stuff. on your toes, all right? Yeah. Keeping you on your toes. All right, Peter King Podcast. All right, that's every Monday, Football Morning in America column each Monday. And then he does a mini podcast of Football Morning in America as well. Okay, Peter reads snippets of his column, goes a little deep dive and talking points and things he's heard around the NFL. And then Peter is on PFT Live with me and Florio every Tuesday. Okay, we have a three-way on live TV. TV. It's a threesome on live TV. I caught that. Yep, okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. But <laughs> John McDonald's laughing. I just want to make sure you laugh. But come on, Peter, uh, like like Mike, is connected in a different way throughout the NFL. Peter has great access to players and coaches. I mean, he's a star media guy. Therefore, he gets all the big stars, uh, whether it's for interviews for his column or his podcast. Check that out. Peter King, Football Morning in America column each Monday. Deep dive. By am Jaguars. By am you guys wanted Chris to take a second, third, and fourth look at. Of course, we want to look at the Chiefs' offense. Of course, could be a historic offense this year with the MVP at quarterback. Who everyone said you know 50 touchdowns. Well, you there go. You're not going to do that again next year. But he's still going to be pretty good. Well, he might do that again. Oh, I've been calling it. I've been saying it's going to be 50 plus. Just so you know. Well, he's well on his way. I mean, we'll see. He's he only has 47 more to go. Yards at halftime. Yes. Um, a little, a little hobbled. At the end of the game, yeah, a little scary. A high ankle sprain, but played through it and is going to keep playing through it from yep. what we've, we've heard so far. You've looked at the tape, and it's obviously a lot of good stuff from Patrick Mahomes, but there is one one quote you have here that you wrote down, and I'll read it verbatim yeah. except for a couple bleeps. Uh, Mahomes putting a effing display on throwing guy. Uh, moments in... Um, in the pocket, <laughs> subtle but awesome. Yes. Where the hell did I write that? I'm trying to look where the hell Subtil. I wrote it. Subtil. Yeah. Subtil. Yeah. Well, with, with two underlines. Um, yeah. Mahomes putting a fucking display on throwing to guys. Is what that was supposed to say. That was it. But I just said throwing guy. Okay. I was I, I was hurried. I didn't quite know what that. Yeah. Meant, but yeah. Um, because he makes throws where we take it for granted at this point. It's just like routine because we're so used to it, and he spoiled us to such a degree, but. You know, there's just little plays. Like one of the first drives, might have been the second drive of the game. I'm trying to recall in my brain. He's got Travis Kelsey on a deep cross, okay? And A.J. Bouye is following him across the field. He gets a little pressure. He kind of moves up in the pocket while he's also running to the right and just, you know, flicks the ball 30 yards downfield and puts it right on the money to where Travis Kelsey gets to catch the ball, doesn't even break stride, and gets to turn up the sideline, and A.J. Bouya just barely clips his feet to tackle him. But that's the special stuff. Then he has another throw. You know, a few plays later, he's throwing an in-cut down the middle where there's guys all over him, and he literally throws like a, a jump hook pass Ahmed like he's like he like does this as he's kind of running up in the pocket and he just does this because somebody's here and he can't throw it the normal way and it's just oh bam 20 yard laser down the middle no problem and he look makes it look so effortless I just sometimes don't think we give it the credit it deserves sure. for how awesome it is but he was awesome Andy, there, Re- Andy, Andy Reed. Reed thank you that's where we got to go I mean it's the Andy, Andy Reed I'll, I'll read the yeah, quote there go ahead Andy Reed F and awesome S 
Uh, yep. I mean, yep. <laughs> F and awesome so, is. So here you go. Yes. Uh, Andy is flooding the zone, yep. attacking the rules. Right. That was that was your note. He he's picking apart what the Jaguars want to do. A Jaguars defense that you thought is probably extremely one of the top, talented. Top three in the NFL, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talent wise, it is. I'm still not going to back away from that. But here's my how, problem. How, yeah. And anybody that listens to has listened to my podcast in in history, when you only play one or two defenses, and now Andy Reid, who's famous for off of bye week wins or first game of the year explosions because if you're just going to play one or two defenses then he's just going to go oh I got a whole offseason to sit here and tinker with ideas because I know I'm going to get this defense 90% of the time you know I just don't care who you are you know the Jaguars might get away with that against a, a lot of teams they're not going to get away with it with the upper echelon teams in the AFC it's got to change to a degree same with the damn Seattle Seahawks. There's a reason Andy Dalton threw for 405 fucking yards. Because Zach Taylor says, I know the defense are going to play 90% of the time. They're not going to throw any curveballs at us. And we got a million ways to do it. And that's what Andy Reid did. Let alone, it's just unreal some of the things he did on the offensive side of the ball. It really is. He's got more people moving and going right. in different directions and people crossing each other up with play action passes and a fake shovel pass and just so many creative play designs to where the Jaguars defensive players, their heads are spinning. So for so long, it's that cover three defense for Seattle. Like, yeah. We're just going to do what we want, what we do best right. and beat it. And yes. We're going to have better athletes than you and you're not going to be able to beat it. But yeah. now teams are beating it. Yes. Andy Reid showed teams how to beat it once again in week right. number one. Are we seeing that the time where that defense's usefulness in the NFL is coming to an end? I mean, I think it needs to, yes. I mean, unfortunately, I think it's already gone on a year too long for a lot of teams. But, yeah, you look at Seattle, right? Okay. You look at uh, uh, the team we're just talking about, the damn uh, Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Okay, the Chargers run it. Okay. Um, who who else? The Falcons run it. Lost yesterday. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's spread throughout the league. There's just too many people that run it. There's too many people that know it. It's a lot like when I was in Tampa. We were famous for Tampa too, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Mike Tomlin leaves, goes somewhere else, teaches Tampa too. Rod Marinelli leaves, Tampa too. You know, Pete Carroll, who's friends with Monty Kiven, he's teaching Tampa too to college kids, and he's down there. And yeah, Herm, Herm Edwards. You got all these guys who've been around, and now they're taking Tampa to other places. Well, you look up and you go, oh, there's nine teams in football that run Tampa too. Well, that means there's, you know, what was it, what, nine, 23 teams who were playing against it. Yeah. And slowly inventory gets built to where you have a Rolodex of plays yeah. to where it goes, oh, I got 30 plays that are going to just totally screw over this defense. Yep. And I do think that's it's something I've worried about for a while. Jacksonville is going to get away with it some weeks because they're that talented. But I don't know if they're going to get away with it if they have to play the Chiefs in the playoffs or the Patriots in the playoffs. Again, I just don't know if they will. So two notes on the, on the Chiefs offense, uh, Sammy Watkins. And I don't know, it, uh, obviously a couple of big plays, a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. People saying, oh, he's back. He looks completely different. Sometimes they just get open. Yeah. If you're fast enough and the defense breaks sure. down, you're going to look good no right. matter what. But he looked good. He looked better. It he did. did. It looked legit explosive. I mean, I just think that first one you saw over the middle, catches the ball, makes a little move on Jalen Ramsey, puts his foot in the ground and just flies up the field and nobody even like comes close to gaining a ground like an inch of ground on him. Those are things like Sammy Watkins, we haven't seen that from him since like his rookie year. I mean that is the guy that was picked number four in the NFL draft before Odell Bickham Jr. and Brandon Cooks and Mike Evans. I mean yeah. he's he's has special talent. I mean he really is. He's one of those guys, I'll say it, when I was working in New England, 
DeAndre Hopkins was coming out in the draft, and everybody loved DeAndre, but everybody kept going, man, who is that other guy? Is he coming out in the draft? And that was Sammy Watkins, but he was a year behind, but he wasn't eligible. He's special that way, and this offense can be really special, and Mahomes can break more records this year if he can stay healthy, and then, of course, Tyreek Hill will get back in healthy. Although, will Mahomes retire the no-look pass now? That's oh. the question that I have, because he, he tried it again to a wide-open Travis Kelsey, right? And it didn't go well. It didn't go well. I don't know. He didn't need to do He was showing off. You think it, that it's gotten into his head a little I bit? I do think that one was showing off. I do. Baltimore last year, when he made it famous, was a legit reactionary thing. I was running up in the pocket. Right. He saw a guy coming cr- across. He said, ooh, there's a little hole there in the zone. I got to make sure I keep the guy in their spot. So I'm going to look to my right and then throw it left. This one was, oh, he's so wide open. I'm going to look cool on NBC highlights tonight and football night in America and do it. And there was just no need for it. And right. he airmailed the ball five feet over Travis Kelsey's We showed head. it. We still showed yeah, it. Right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, we did. But, you know, just come on, man. Don't be silly. Don't be costing your team games and stuff like that, you know, doing that. It, it, you only need to do that when it comes, like, natural. Don't, don't, pre, don't make it preordained. Can we, can we switch over to the Yeah, and LaShawn team? McCoy look really good. You like LaShawn. What? He's the, what? I yeah. still – LaShawn McCoy looks better than any running back the Buffalo Bills have. Obviously, it was a price tag issue there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was really impressed. And I, I am really impressed with what Andy Reid did in his game plan. I might draw up some plays and put them out on social media just to show people what he did because uh, there was some really cool designs in, in the game. It's not an accident. His teams, wherever he goes, yeah, they explode offensively, offensively right? Can make the playoffs. Now, exactly. Moving on in the playoffs has been a different issue, but he's, he's been able to be a, a great regular season coach for sure. Jaguars offense, the Nick Foles era is off to a rocky start. Broken clavicle for him. Expected to be put on the IR, I believe. That'll keep him out until yeah, like 11. Yeah, put him on the IR officially. I did. I did. Yes. The, okay, yep. so that means the Gardner Minshew show. Right. And I had to look up a little bit on Gardner Minshew because they, we, they traded for Josh Jobs, so you just so you know that the Jaguars. Okay. So they got the uh, depth. Yep, got some depth. Need another guy that they can depend on there because the only other guy they had was on the practice squad, so they weren't going to bring him right. up and and put their season in his hands. But then Gardner Minshew, who we talked a lot about the draft eligible quarterbacks uh, coming into the draft, did not talk really. I don't think once about Gardner. No, Minshew. we did not. Uh, was the 10th of 11 quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft, right. sixth round by the Jags, started his career at Community College, yep. then went to East Carolina, then his final year as a graduate student went to Washington State with Mike Leach there, broke school records, was the Pac-12 Player of the Year, yep. thought maybe a little, a little bit of a system quarterback, yep. haven't really heard of him that much, and then he goes out there, goes 22 of 25, 275 yards, and two touchdowns when Nick Foles goes down. Yes. What did the, the tape look like on him? It looked pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing in disguise a little bit. He got to play so much in the preseason. Um, Was he better in the preseason than I expect him to be? Yes. Was I still concerned about their backup quarterback situation, given the fact that he's a rookie and he's never played in that type of offense or anything like that? Definitely. I know there was a podcast that me and Dad talked about it where I just went, ooh, that's a dicey situation. The Jaguars, a team that are ready to win now – and if Nick Foles goes down, oh, yeah. he went down, and now he's in. Now, he was not in over his head yesterday, and they have talent around him there in Jacksonville. Uh, he's, he's more athletically gifted than I gave him credit for, even in the preseason. Really? He really is. Yeah, sometimes preseason's hard because you're playing against backups and third stringers, and you go, ooh, is that throw really, really realistic when starters yeah. are in there you and things like that? don't want to give too much credit. Right. Yeah. But – 
I saw enough yesterday to make me feel good about it. Now they can't be like, oh, you know, Minshew, we're gonna, we need you to throw the ball 45 times a game and throw for 400 to win. Like that's not gonna happen. But if they can get healthy on the O line and get Cam Robinson back, because they they're gonna be able to run the football. That O line is still good and overpowering there. And then, I mean, their receivers. When you talk about Marquise Lee, okay, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Shark, okay, who's, I mean, they can all go and their yeah. weapons, along with Chris Conley, who came from the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's not a bad damn group right there to where they should be able to manage some offense. Now, they're going to have to manage him to a degree a little bit. Uh, they might not want to be as freewheeling and just in the shotgun as much, but if that defense and run game can come along, he's certainly athletic enough to make some plays, and his arm is good. It's legit. It's a good arm. I'm not going to say it's sit here. It's all one of the ten best arms in football, but it's like middle of the road NFL starting good. I bet you his arm's every bit as good as Nick Foles. Hmm. Okay, now Nick Foles' greatest attribute is his size, like we saw in the right. game. He can stand in there and oh, Chris Jones is hitting me. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll still throw it 40 yards on the money for a touchdown. Yeah. That's a gift there. Um, but either way, I'm not giving up on Jacksonville with, with Minshaw at the helm. Okay. So, uh, and, and by the way, he's the first quarterback from that draft class to play in a game, NFL game, because Kyler Murray hadn't played yet and Daniel Jones hadn't played yet. So Gardner Minshew. Leading <laughs> the charge. Was the first guy out there from that quarterback draft class. Um, so having said that, though, with, yeah. with Gardner, I do know from looking at your notes here that you think a lot of people say the Chiefs, if they can outscore the other team, if they can outscore the other team, that's what they had to do last year. But you say you think that the secondary has a fighting chance this year. I do. The Chiefs' defense is different. It's, it looked, it jumped out to me from get-go. First of all, the scheme is more sound. There's no blown assignments yesterday in the football game. That's encouraging. My issue for anybody that's listened to me on my podcast the last few years with the, with the Kansas City defense was so many blown assignments through the years. Guys not sure what to do. Or, you know, even in the AFC Championship game we saw last year, I mean, Brady's about to snap the ball, and the linebacker and the safety are looking at each other, talking. And, like, no, the, yeah. the play's going on, guys. Tur turn around. Like, Brady's about to throw it, and they're still, like, communicating. That tells you too much shit was going on on that defense. So Spagnolo, I think the scheme – and then the personnel fit they have there, which is it's as good a secondary as they've had in a long, long time. Honey Badger, uh, the kid from Virginia in the second round, 22. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Wait, hold on. I got their damn roster right here. Um, uh, what the hell is his name? Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. Okay. He's a freak of nature. But then you got Breland, Kendall Fuller, okay, on the outside. And Char Char Charvia, let me say his name. Ward, number 35, okay. Charvarius Ward. Yeah. It gives them a it gives them a gives them a chance is what I'm saying. And then up front they're big. I mean, Chris Jones, Nandi in the middle of that defense, Frank Clark. It's rare. Hey, they have two fuck play up, fuck the play up players. What do you think of Frank Clark? Frank game? Clark he yeah. got that interception off the tip pass. Got got that caused disruption where he's great and where he's going to be an upgrade, you know, especially over a guy like D Ford is Frank Clark's a beast in the run game. Yeah. He messes plays up. It's not going to go on the stat sheet, but there's a lot of times where the tight ends in the backfield and the running back had to run the other way cuz he goes, "Whoa, I can't go over there." You know, the blocking's been dominated and Frank Clark is responsible for that. That's that's a good thing. Him and Chris Jones is uh it's up there for for two of the better defensive line tandems in all okay, of football. So, I mean, that how scary is that, right? You got a, you got an offense that you're facing in the Chiefs yep. that could score 40 every game, and then you got a, a defense that's no slouch either. Their, their defense is never going to look as good as it is anyways, right? 
Because everyone knows when they play the Chiefs, they're going to have to push the envelope a little. Yeah, that's true. So you're going to run plays where you're just going to go, we don't really like to do this, but this other group on the other side can put up 50 on us, so we got to yeah. make sure we kind of keep pace with them a little bit. It doesn't matter who your defense is. Tyreek Hill hurt. That's a bummer on the oh, offensive total side bummer. For, the, for the Chiefs. A sternoclavicular joint injury. So something in like the that. shoulder there is jammed yeah, up. The sternum, yeah. yeah, apparently. But no surgery, so hopefully just a couple weeks for – Tyreek Hill, but you think that they they can weather that storm with enough weapons on offense, obviously? Yeah, I do. And then you'll see the addition of Mikol Hardman into the offense more this yeah, week to kind of supplement that. He didn't do much in the game. It didn't look like he was really a part of the game plan in general. But I think uh, once Tyreek Hill went out, he got involved. He was in there more, and I, I would think they're going to have a few things for him this week as far as getting him the football. So Chiefs are who we thought they were. Yep. Jaguars, even without Nick Foles, don't write him off yet. I'm not writing him off yet. I'm not. All right, yeah. I like that. that was cool. Good with that. Did we, did we empty the notebook right oh, there? I think we did. We got all of them. Yep. You got a couple of plays diagrammed here on the sheet, but I feel like on a podcast, it's harder to. Yeah. Well, I think maybe I'll draw. Maybe I'll draw them on the the, the for social for YouTube, something like yeah. that, where I'll, I'll I'll show everybody a few of the creative things that, that, that's cool. that Andy redid. I'd yeah. like to see that. Yeah. So um, I do know we haven't talked about the Ravens and Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson goes off, and uh, and the, the Dolphins didn't quite have a game plan for him. Yeah, well, uh, this is a little segment that I would like to call, um, I check the rule book, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I check the rule book. Oh, so you went back, you, you have a rule book. I did. I went back, and I was like, let me go through this. Wait, let me see, because yeah. I watched the Dolphins-Ravens, and I just wanted to make sure. I wanted let to me see just it. make sure I'm not getting the rules wrong. Uh, right, saying. and yeah. I wanted to make sure, and, and I went back and looked, and I, you are allowed to put a safety oh. in the middle of the pass defense. You can do that. You can. I was a little confused after watching that game yesterday. I was like, damn, are safeties not allowed to play in this game? Yeah. Do we have to put all 11 guys within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and put our corners on the island on a 53 by 100 yard field where you just go, oh yeah, cover the best athletes on the planet, just run around with them, and don't, we know nobody will help you. No, yeah. no, no problem. So they could have done that. Right. Okay. I mean, they could have. I mean, and I checked the rule book and. Funny thing is, you can play a safety deep back there. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, what they were just what concerned with Lamar running? Or what were they trying? Yes, to I mean they just overplayed their hand to a degree. And I'm sure. Listen, it didn't help that like the first play of the game was a 49-yard gash up the middle by Mark Ingram. I mean, I'm sure that was like, oh shit. Sure. You know, we knew they were going to run the ball, and they still ran the ball, and they got 50 yards in the first play of the game. That'll scare you. But at some point. And I understand the defensive game plan. And I'm listen, I'm I'm a Brian Flores fan. I know he's gonna figure this out because he's a grinder and he's tough and he's just as determined as an individual as I've ever been around. Yeah. They stink for one. Their roster stinks. Not good. And that's not Brian Flores' fault. Let's make sure we all know that. He's not the GM. Okay. He took over a situation where, yeah, the team had a personnel set that doesn't fit what he wants to do. Okay. So they're trying to get new bodies in there and they're building for the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he, yes, went way too in on let's stop the run. And at some point, listen, I have no problem with that game plan. But at some point when you see Lamar maybe hit his third bomb in a row, mm -hmm. you start to go, okay, the guy's hot today. He is an NFL quarterback, by the way, and a first-round pick. Maybe he can start to hit these guys wide open down the middle of the field. And Lamar Jackson, I'm sure, was a little disrespected by the way some of these defenses lined up where he was like, are they really going to play this against me and let me just like 
have a receiver like with free access just run down the middle of the defense and with no pressure. A lot no of times pressure. standing back there with no no blitz. No, and they have no, no well, and they have no great pass rush there in Miami either way. But yeah, that was as bad of a bludgeoning as I can ever remember on an opening day. And it's hard to know yeah, who, who are the Ravens. Do we really quite know yet? No, probably just, not. But it was it was impressive. And but they we, yeah, they were the team that had fifty uh, percent of their uh, passes were play action, so they were trying to keep them off balance, and they had run against. Them. So they were another team. Fifty percent of their passes. Play Action. Them and the Cowboys were right. both right around 50%. Did you look up anybody else, or did you just know those? Those were the only two yeah, that I, I saw. Okay, that's all right. Sorry. I just was wondering. It's, it's, uh, because I, do, I do work, and then you want more. See, that's uh, I shouldn't have done it at all. <laughs> no. How dare you? Why did I do that? Okay, uh, one more read, okay? Because okay. I am. And then a pop quiz. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm so good at pop quizzes. All right, the Mike Tirico podcast. Mm. I mean, he is freaking Mike Tirico, all right? I know. He's only the greatest announcer on earth right now, all right? and maybe the nicest human being I know as well. But to go along with that, Tariko, okay, Coach, Dungy, Rodney, Florio, they're going to break down week one on the Mike Tariko podcast. That'll be a good listen. That's what uh, we just did. Well, they did, but, you know, they just, they're going to do it not as good as we did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're going to get a lot of different angles there that I always think yep. are great. I mean, Tariko, he knows a lot about what's going on in the NFL. He knows a lot of people. So he knows the little storylines that are going beyond the scenes. Dungy's going to give you the coach look. Roddy's going to give you the defensive, you know, game plan and who's the physical team look. And then, you know, Florio's going to jump in and throw out some conspiracy theories and, mm-hmm. and probably crap on a few players along the way. Uh, but they break down week one. That's available on YouTube. Always a good listen. I mean, come on. Those four guys, they're my homies. Uh, that's worth, worth worth checking out. Mike Tirico podcast. We're always very complimentary in the uh, in the promotion. Of I hopefully not podcasts. too. I want to take a few shots. No, I but. think I think next week we just right. we do the opposite. We just, just rip them. Just, the whole time. just go the whole yeah, time. Okay, why not? Well, sure. Let's do that. We'll, sure. we'll agree to do that. I don't that even next think I can time. do that to Tirico. I know, Mike. It's, it's hard like to he's find he kills you with kindness. It's just absolutely just kills you. I can't even talk trash to him. We'll find we'll find something here. Okay, speed round. So this is what we got a we got a pop quiz. Okay. That I went I did more research, even more than that one play action pass stat that it, that it took me half an hour to look up. Oh, uh, it's this pop is quiz you know, music. NFL has a you know the player tracking data and over. Oh NFL. yeah, right. Com, Next gen stuff. How, how fast they run and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Looked up a few things. Okay. So we'll, we'll see if uh, if you're on it. So they have uh, the fastest ball carriers from week one. So one single play. This tracks one single play. Yep. Who was the fastest ball carrier? It can be anyone from corner to uh, running back to a wide receiver. Anyone who was carrying the ball. Does it have to be a certain distance? Does it matter? Like No, although yeah. these are all longer. So They're all like longer. They so they speed. get, yeah, right. Okay. So they hit that full speed. Yep. Okay. Um, 21.8 miles per hour. I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. No, he was fourth. Damn. He was fourth at 21. Okay, let me have one more guess. Okay. One more. It's not Derrick Henry, is it? Not Derrick Henry. Okay, he didn't look as fast to me there. I know. I'm just wondering, Dalvin Cook was... Looked like he was fine. John Ross? Am I missing John nope, Ross? Not John Ross. Damn, who is it then? Number one, his first rush of the year, Saquon Barkley. Oh my gosh, what an idiot. 21.8 miles Holy per hour. Crap. I mean, what an idiot. So I mean, I've only been talking about the damn run the whole day, <laughs> and I forgot about it. And uh, number two was a was a corner, Malcolm Butler. On, oh, on, on, the, the, pick on the pick six. Yep. Hey, I yards. believe it. Malcolm can go. 
21.5 miles an hour. If your team trusts you to cover Odell Beckham Jr. man-to-man on an island, fast. they think you're fast. Right? Uh, number three was Deshaun Jackson, too. Uh, 21.4 miles He was going to be hour. the next name out of my mouth on his before I gave up. One-yard touchdown. Okay, longest completed pass. They have this thing called air yards. It's how far the ball goes in Actually the air. Actually travels in the travels air. Actually travels in the air. Okay. Longest pass of week one through the air. Completed pass. Yep. Through the air, week one, which quarterback was it? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just let me look at the teams, looking okay. at the teams, pulling them up. I'm gonna say Kyler Murray. Ooh, very close. Second, 55.1 yards. Did Carson Wentz get a farther one than Deshaun Jackson? 58.4. That is ding 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 ding. And they were the, the first two that popped in my head. Yep. Yeah, Kyler unleashed uh, two, like we talked about earlier in the show, at the end of reg- in, in the fourth quarter, and then another one in overtime that were phenomenal. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. This one's called Air Yards to Sticks. Okay. So what it does, it takes all your passes, and if it's a negative number, that means the air, the ball traveled through the air like this many yards short of the sticks. Okay. If it's a positive number, it traveled this many yards past the sticks on average. Like the first down sticks we're Correct. talking about. Gotcha. First yard okay. sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. First yard sticks. So if yeah. you're just dumping it to, you know, a running back, that's going to be negative five or ten or whatever. Right, behind the line of behind scrimmage. Behind the line of scrimmage. Right. Behind the first down marker. Right. So positive number is uh, you're going deep. Right. So who had the most average air yards past the sticks, you think? Not a name that I was really anticipating. No, not a name you were anticipating. Damn, okay, you just got me thinking now. Um, I was going to say Dak Prescott. It was not Dak Prescott. No, okay. Okay, hold on. Let me get another one. Oh, I thought you were giving me a signal here. No. Oh, um, oh, yeah. You want a clue? And you're talking about, okay. I'm talking this about is on average, on average too? throughout all your on passes average. throughout the game. Yep. Josh Allen? Not Josh Allen. So I'll give it's two quarterbacks, one and two. They were in the same game. And this so it's game, Andy Dalton and Russ Wilson. No, it's not. Damn. And this game was a blowout. And it was Lamar Jackson and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are you kidding so Ryan me? Ryan Fitzpatrick, number one. Average 4.9 yards past the sticks. Damn, I'm an idiot too for not even at least throwing that out there with Lamar Jackson. Lamar but Jackson I like that. Obvious. What was his at? What was what was his number at? 4.7 yards. 4.7 yards beyond the stick. Beyond the first down first, marker. So it's yep. at, we're saying 14 yards basically, right? No, 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 because it could or, be second and two, and you throw it past gotcha, the first down gotcha. marker. Gotcha. Okay, me not so smart. Me play football. Okay. I mean, uh, this is the first time I've talked about it, so maybe that's not right. But me no, play quarterback. Uh, I got. What do we got? One more here. Oh, huh, coach, okay. throw it to him. One more. Okay. Oh, let's see. I could do average cushion. No, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. The average cushion that a receiver, no, that one's hard to get. This one team (laughs) faced eight or more defenders in the box per rush more than any other team. This team, the running game, faced eight plus in the box more than any other team. I want to say the Dol- I mean, I want to say the Ravens with the Dolphins early on, but that's not it, huh? Mm-mm. All right, eight plus in the box, more than any team. Yep. In the game. Mm, okay, the hold running on. Running backs faced it 73% of the time and 56% of the time, respectively. Both running backs on the same team. Both running backs on the same team. Okay, this is not easy, dude. I, I don't that's know. That's a hard one. I mean, it that is. One's- it's okay. I'm just gonna. I'm just looking at my teams. I gotta look. I gotta look. Okay, uh, and it's not. It's not, no, it's not the Jets running backs. No. Mm, how about? They stacked the box versus this team. They stacked the box versus this team. 
I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Colts or the Chargers, one of those teams. Detroit Lions. The, Did they The really? Cardinals stack the box on C.J. Anderson 73% of the time, on Johnson 56% of the time. And surprisingly, number three on that list, Delvin Cook, 47% of the time. So even while doing that to Delvin yeah, Cook. Yeah, well, that's why I went to, because, yes, because they're playing this Atlanta. They're playing the Seattle scheme. There's yes. eight men by the line of scrimmage a lot. So, wait, the first one was who, though? Say that again. C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. From Detroit. Right. Yeah. And Carrion Johnson was number two. Man, so Arizona had a lot of people they in the line did. of scrimmage, Not which re- makes sense why T.J. Hawkinson had a huge day. Right, that makes a lot of sense. It all comes together. It all comes together on right. Chris Sims Unbutton. There was, you go. Oh, that was good. That okay, was, I like those first those few. Tough. Those, those were tough. Oh, I don't care about being wrong. I like those first few. Those were good. I can't believe I got Saquon Barkley wrong. <laughs> all right, that's it. We're done. I can't talk anymore for a Monday. I'm talked out, okay? Thank that's you for coming and doing this yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Don't we ever wear that shirt again. Uh, sorry okay? Don't or take the it. logo. I'll just take the logo off. No, no. Don't ever wear that shirt again, okay? Don't you dare come on my podcast being Johnny Company Man ever yeah. again, okay? I get it. Okay? Wednesday, Paul Burmeister are going to be here. We're going to do the deep dive, the notes. I'm planning on having the big effort here on Wednesday, too. Okay. That's what Big Phil does Wednesdays. He's finally working again, so maybe he'll have a clue what's going on in the NFL. But Monday will be the deep dive. Paul Burmeister here. Please subscribe, rate, review the podcast. You know where to find me. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the Monday recap, and everybody enjoyed the Monday night football game. Saints, oh, yeah. Saints-Texans is going to be a good one, and then the dysfunctional Raiders versus the Broncos will be another good one so i'm pumped to watch it peace out homies be good i'll wear sims unbutton logo next time that's acceptable you can do acceptable yes and make sure to go by (laughs) quarter wreck of the future people don't really know how huge momentum is momentum is huge The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.